Welcome to the Capitalize podcast. I'm your host, Craig West, the founder of Capitalize, and I'm going to take you through our digital platform to help you work with business owners to maximize the value of their business and successfully exit. Today's episode of Capitalize, I'm actually taking a little bit of a different tack because I think it's important to introduce everybody to the key parts of our team. And a key part of our team for more than 10 years now is a young guy, or he was a young guy, called Sam Walters. And interestingly, Sam has in the process of moving from Australia. He's an Aussie guy who's been working with me for more than 10 years. And he's in the process now of, or about to up things, pack up his bags, head over to the United States and set up our office over there, uh, recruit a few team members and start to build the business. So I thought it'd be well worthwhile introducing Sam to everybody and having a chat about his history and sort of what he's been doing with Capitalize to give you a bit of background. So firstly, Sam, thanks for joining us. Thanks. My pleasure. We might start with a bit of background. Obviously, you and I have known each other for a long time. We've been working together for a long time, but maybe give everyone on the podcast a bit of background, your history, what have you done, you know, what have you studied, where have you worked, and how did you end up here? Look, I, I started my career trainee accountant, so I worked in public practice accounting, and I did that for six years, regional New South Wales. That was great. That was, uh, that was a good foundation. But what it really sort of enabled me to do is get a taste for some more higher order services, I guess you'd say, like uh, retirement planning, business planning, business advisory work, that sort of thing. That is the sort of thing that I started to gradually fall in love with over my time in public practice accounting. And then I stumbled on exit planning as a discipline, took the program in Sydney through the Exit Planning Institute. And uh, then I started working with Craig West, I want to <laughs> say like four, five weeks after that. Yeah, it's been, like you mentioned, probably 10 plus years, been uh, involved in the exit planning business one way or another ever since. So you mentioned falling in love with exit planning. That's a little bit weird, but we'll skip the weirdness of it. But just explain to me, how do you fall in love with exit planning? What's that about? The thing that I kind of encountered back in the day, public practice accounting, is that everybody, not everybody, that's probably not a fair way of putting it, but lots and lots of people have their specialized niche. They call it financial planning or insurance brokerage or mortgage brokerage or tax and compliance and superannuation. Everyone has a niche that they like to work with. The really neat thing about exit planning from my perspective is that it pulls it all together into a coherent discipline process, if you like, for the betterment of the business owner. And at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter which discipline that you niche out in. That's the end user. That's the end customer. And it really became apparent to me after a while that that coordination mechanism, that exit planning feels pretty cool. It's, uh, it's, it's good fun to do and it makes a huge difference to the business owner's lives all the advisors as well who are involved as part of the team. Yeah, cool. So maybe just walk us through, I mean, you've been working in exit planning now for more than 10 years. Maybe walk us through some of the stages of that. What have you done? What have you studied? What have you learned during that development period? Yep. How old were you when you first started getting into this? 24. Just to give people a bit of perspective. 24, so quite young. Yeah. I was, one, I was young once upon a time, as you very <laughs> wonderfully alluded to. Thanks, Craig. So maybe give us that 10-year, yeah, what does that look like? What did you do? What, what, what experiences did you have? What study did you do, et cetera, to get you where you are now? So I completed my accounting degree right around then. That was, I want to say, 2012. Yep. And from there, over the span of, say, five or six years, I picked up a, a few fairly important credentials to help me along by way of my education. The first one was the very first one, was a certified exit planning advisor credential through the Exit Planning Institute. That was way back in 2012. Around about the same time that I graduated. Yep. Then I got my business broker certificate. And then after that, I picked up a couple of 
credentials in financial analysis through the Corporate Finance Institute yep. and some others as well. This sort of space is a, a lifelong learning endeavor. You never actually stop always taking courses and taking education. Yeah, sure. But like in terms of the career trajectory, I mean, you'd know this better than anybody. I started as an analyst working for you, doing lots and lots of valuation work and financial analysis and analytical work that would normally be associated with uh, M&A and deal work. Uh, gradually sort of built my skills up to become a, an advisor. So then I was directly liaising with clients and helping them with coordinating their, their exit plan and delivering services that way. And nowadays I, I look after advisors who are rolling out those services with their uh, business owner clients. That's kind of the progression over the span of 10 years. Yeah, great. And we'll talk in a bit more detail about the work you're doing currently. But obviously, one of the things that we're currently in process with is going through the magnificent process of getting visas in the United States and relocation and moving literally across the other side of the world and different time zones and so on. How have you found, how are you finding that? Migrating to the United States is notoriously difficult. It's to do with the way they've put together their their regulations, but it's just one hoops jump through after another. It can be done and we're doing it. So the thing that kind of keeps me going through all that is the fact that America's at the end of it. Now, I, yeah, that's mm. probably my other love. I love exit planning, but I also love this country in particular. There's something very special about it. So I love being here. Can't wait to finish up that process and get on and with make it. a future here. Yeah, cool. What is it you love about America? I know you love the sport. What else is it? Like, what is it that you like about it or love about it? Yeah, it's, it's probably the sport. I'm in the habit of describing it as a whole planet unto itself. And this is, <laughs> yep. it's kind of hard to describe. I mean, like one of the things that we were talking about pretty early on in the piece when we were planning, you know, we had capitalized basically on the drawing board is like just how big the place is. And it's, it's actually really easy to underestimate the sheer size of the American economy, for yep. one thing. We initially had it pegged at 10 times the size of the Australian economy and then we dug that out it's actually 20 times. Yeah, yeah. It's like something in the region of a third of the entire world's economy. To call it a planet all on its own is <laughs> mathematically accurate, but also, I mean, I've had the pleasure of spending probably a couple of years of my life here across a bunch of trips, some of which were business related, but a lot of which was personal. And I mean, people are in broad strokes. I like Americans. I think Americans are legends. I think they're you know, pretty culturally similar to us, even though they've messed up cricket, for example. <laughs> but uh, as a, a place, as a sort of landmass, like the some of the scenery is breathtaking that you can't, yeah. you just can't, uh, you just can't locate elsewhere in the world. So there's the old adages out there about it being the land of the free and, you know, land yep. of opportunity and all that. And, you know, some might argue that's cliche, but my argument is, is every bit as true today as what it's been for the last 200 years. Yeah, perfect. Sounds like you found a good place to hang out. So let's talk a bit about the the business and what you're doing now and what your role looks like so people can get a bit of an idea of, you know, what you do and how it fits into the capitalized offering. Okay. All right. Sure. Predominantly right now, I look after our advisors, which are numbering something in the region of 60 at the moment, and we are gathering pace on that front. So big components of my role include helping advisors through the learning process. So we have a learning academy that we call it. Yep. It takes a bit bit of effort to sort of get through that process and and fully accredited and, and ready to roll with exit planning services via Capitalize. And my job is to do, as the Americans reported, a bit of blocking and tackling, get some obstacles out of the way so people can get moving, you know, as quickly as possible, doing this kind of work with their clients. So part of it's, you know, the process of getting upskilled or onboarded. That's a big component of the role. 
I'm also responsible for pitching in a whole heck of a lot on product design. So our intellectual property has been around for, what, 10 years at this point. It's in the last couple of years that we've really started this digitization drive, which we're calling capitalized. Yeah. A big component of my role is helping the folks that do the building build it in such a way that really helps that, that end customer. So yeah, concentrating on the customer. That's my, that's my thing. Yeah, so let's talk about the customers. You know, we've got um, a number of advisors now in the United States. Uh, we're doing a podcast with Greg Maddox, who's one of our first, in fact, probably the first, first scale anyway, advisor in the United States working with Capitalize. Tell us about some of the advisors you're working with. Who are they? You know, what sort of backgrounds have they got? What are they bringing to the table? And a bit of an overview there. I mean, like, I'm sort of observing maybe three or four main categories. Like exit planning is such a wide discipline and attracts yeah. so many different kinds of professionals, the CBAs and attorneys and financial advisors and so on and so forth. Like it's, there's something in it for everybody, but there's kind of three or four types of customers that I'm observing. There's the Greg Randitzers who are, I would say, are you more traditional value advisor? Somebody whose uh, mandate and their yes, mission is to like stick with that client and get that client, really help them protect and grow the value of that business like what we would refer to as sort of tra traditional exit planning mm. uh, consulting work. So that'd be kind of category one. Category two, and I've seen a couple of instances of this in probably business brokers and CPAs is the most frequent occurrence. It would be actually we're using Capitalize for one of its uh, more powerful deliverables. That would be the business insights report. Yep. And in the, in the example, it was like a CPA. They're doing business valuations all the time for a variety of different purposes. Some of which is like pressure testing and an offer that's on the table for a business owner. Somebody's come along and made an offer for their business and they want to do a conduct evaluation just to see whether or not it's reasonable or not. Yep. What I'm noticing is CPAs are now, some of the CPAs in our network are using it in those set of circumstances and saying, I mean, we can write valuations in house, but yours is awesome and it takes a bit of pressure off our people. So that's what we're doing. Yep. You know, we're going to do a business insights report and that. Business brokers, similar sort of thing. Maybe you know, for one reason or another, they not, might not be happy with the, the quality of the valuation that they start with in their existing sort of conventions. So they uh, pick up a business insights report as a replacement for that. And it's a bit of a capacity alleviator as well. Those are probably three fact patterns. You know, another set of circumstances I'm seeing a bit is the exit planners who've been around for a spell. Like they've been around for a few years and there's like they've got a fair few clients in the got some homegrown consulting methods that they've accumulated. And they're sort of like, okay, want to get serious now? We want to scale. We want to actually start employing folks. Therefore, we need a, a regimented process. Like capitalize the answer for them like every single time. So it's not exactly paint by numbers, but it's about as close as you can go to that in this discipline. Yeah, cool. Okay. So there's quite a wide variety, I guess, of types of advisors, different professions, different expertise, et cetera, but all focused on using that tool to maximize value, help clients exit where that's appropriate. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So I'm interested just in, uh, you know, the, the, you mentioned before the LMS, the Learning Academy, the Academy is Capitalized Academy, as we call it. You know, there's, there's a fair, and you've been largely responsible for preparing all that material. And it's an ongoing process because each time we add a new feature or update something, the, the Learning Academy has got to be updated accordingly. How are you finding that? You know, how's that work? What are advisors saying about it? What works well? There's probably a couple of critical benefits attached to it. So it's on demand. We use a, a platform that allows us to 
make it available 24-7, which apparently that's not something that everybody's doing. So it's all online so, learning. I mean, it's a, it's a combination at the end of the day. So a person can log into the academy and they can consume all the material that's in there from start to finish without any support at all, yep. uh, any human-based support at all if they don't feel they need it. However, it's always available to them if they do. Yep. So the blend of online offline is working great, I would say, for our advisors. Yep. The methodical approach to it, I mean, by the time people have gone through the 12 or 15 hours they invest in the academy, they, they walk out feeling really, really confident in their ability to deliver services with clients, which, by the way, is a big component of the reason why I, I do this. Yep. I explicitly remember walking out of uh, the seat of program credentialed and then asking myself, okay, what do I do now? Yeah. Whereas, um, yeah. Like capitalizes a nice, tidy way of moving from education into practice or the academy, rather. And the other comment that seems to come up a little bit from advisors who go through the academy is they like the multimedia aspect. So, if right. we were to sit down and go through the academy, there's text, there's video, there's flip cards, there's audio, there's quizlets, there's a big, you know, major interactive test at the end. The combination of different learning modes uh, resonates pretty well with people. What are some of the inquiries or queries you're getting from people as they go through that process? What are they finding easy or what do they find difficult? You know, where do they get stuck or what are the challenges? The two most frequent ones I probably encounter include, right, how do I do this faster? Yep. You know, I haven't got 15 hours right now, but I do have <laughs> how do a I fast client track? that yep. we get roll, I want to get rolling with. And the answer to that is fast track, like you mentioned. Uh, sit down with me for an hour or two. I'll get people through the academy and their accreditation nice and quickly and then we can get them doing business nice and fast. I mean, at the end of the day, a person really ought to find that time sooner or later. It's good material to consume. So that's probably the first question that I get. The second one, the question that comes up a lot through the process is, yeah, okay, I'm getting pretty close to completing my academy process. I have this prospect. Is it appropriate for me to bring them all to capitalize? Like they are doing, you know, X in revenue. There's this number of entities that comprise the, the group Right. That comes up a lot. So how suitable is the software for this particular scenario or this particular client or whatever it might be that the advisor's thinking about? Yep. So we've put quite a number of people through. You mentioned before, you know, Capitalize has got 60-odd advisors at this stage and we're adding new advisors literally every week. What improvements or what, what's the next step in terms of the academy? And maybe as part of that, perhaps talk us through the actual accreditation process because they go through the academy, but then they're actually required to do some work that gets examined and reviewed and tell us about how that works. So there's like eight modules in total and they're all broken down into a way that mimics the business insights report. So you could drill down into a specific chapter, let's call it you know, the, the structure review, which is one of the first sections yep. of the business insights report. You'll find a, a theory module, which kind of explains the background to that, that section of the report, you know, how it came to be, what's the inspiration. Then there's a practical component, which is more or less how to present it with a client and some tips and tricks. There's an actual example of a presentation in video format. That's uh, you speaking on these videos. And then there's a little test at the end. All right, so we've been through stroke. We've been through how this structure section works inside the business insights report, yep. where it comes from, how to explain it to a client. Now it's testing knowledge. And there's 20 of those in a row. And then at the end, the eighth module contains a major assessment. And what this assessment is designed to do is simulate real life conditions. So let's say you've just won a client. They're going to go ahead with the business insights report. 
This is literally the steps that you would go through to bring that client into Capitalize, get their business insights report. It's a, a dry run or a practice run, if you like. Once a person sort of gets through that entire process, then we call them fully accredited, fully graduated. Yep. And at the end of that process, they receive a whole stack of additional resources. There's a whole module inside the academy which contains, I want to say, 50 or 60 one or two page articles. Yep. That a person can place their logo on and, and place their name on and make that available to prospects and other clients. The academy itself is full of goodies like that. So, And that's really about them marketing their own business and the fact that they're now a capitalized advisor or credited advisor. Yep. Yeah, good. Okay. In terms of the, you know, you've got advisors using the software, we've got support queries, how do I do this? Where's that? I forgot my password. I don't remember how to get that to that screen or whatever it is. How much of that is your day-to-day role or is that getting less and less now? Is it automated? How's that working? Yeah, so um, not to get too specific, but there is like a, a support request feature inside the software. A person pops that open and they detail their issue that comes through to our, you know, our, our control area. Someone says, launch a ticket. Oh, this is the nature of the problem. I will then tend to roll my sleeves up and get involved. Now that used to be you know, a great big chunk of, of my time. It's getting less so nowadays. Right. The emphasis of the role for me now is really helping people match their service to clients and act as a sounding board in real life client engagements. Right. What happens in this set of circumstances? You know, yep. This is the set of circumstances I'm, I'm dealing with in, with my client here. What would you do? What would you be thinking about? What kind of questions would you be asking? And as sort of an experienced practitioner, that's a pretty straightforward endeavor for me. It was pretty valuable for folks. Yeah, yeah. So it's not actually about technical support for the software or where do I find this or how do I log in or what's this button do? It's more about, I've got a report. Here's the client situation. How would I position this part of it? Yep. There used to be 80-20 sort of support advice and I guess it's the other way around now. Yeah, perfect. A couple of things before we wrap things up and just cover off and I'm going to ask you in a minute, no pressure, your number one tip, but we'll come back to that. First, you know, I guess, where next? You've got 60-odd advisors you're looking after. What's that look like going forward? Obviously, some of those advisors have been on the platform for, well, I think nearly 12 months. Some are brand new. They've signed up last week. So what does that look like going forward? What's the evolution there? Yeah, it's going to be a busy few months. So (laughs) a busy, uh, busy 90 days coming up. So there's product development work to take place. So there's a massive academy expansion that I'm planning right now. Yep. To facilitate a lot of the steps. So that's quite a bit of elbow grace. Yeah, that's a lot of work. That's coming. So there's that. There would be kind of a the objective to really uh, maximize people's potential. So everybody on our platform, all 60, have the potential to be superstar. Exit planners as far as I'm concerned. I'd like to see everybody doing a commensurate amount of business. So... Um, helping people reach those targets. That would be number two. Number three, um, at the same time that's happening, like you rightly point out, we're pretty much winning somebody every other day almost yep. sometimes. So it's now getting to a point where I actually need to create some more uh, folks like me. That's a scary thought, but anyway. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, sort of building a process for uh, bringing folks on like that. We've got some pretty ambitious targets. Yeah. So... I think one of the things that is certainly a strength of ours at Capitalize is taking seriously this notion that support needs to be available for people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So before we wrap up, your number one tip for success. Yeah, for who? 
So whoever Business you like. owner or the... Uh... No, I think more for the advisor that's using the platform or that's working in this space of exit and succession planning. What's your number one tip? I'm going to go with uh, don't overthink it. I mean, this is like, this is going to sound, this is probably going to sound rather arrogant, but I'd like to think after, you know, a decade doing specifically this type of work that, you know, my view of this has some value to it, which is capitalizes basically the best that's available in this space. The process has been thought out and battle hardened over hundreds of engagements. If you want to be doing exit planning, this is the process to follow. I don't, I don't think it too much. It's an interesting tip coming from a very analytical guy. Don't overthink it. <laughs> so, Sam, thanks for joining us today. Um, enjoy the next few months in the US. I'm not over there till the EPI summit in sort of May, so it's a fair way down the track. But uh, we'll catch up soon. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Thanks very much. Thanks for joining us for the Capitalize podcast. I hope you found it interesting and useful. There's a lot more resources available on our website, which is just www.capitalize.com. And if you're looking for it, it's Capitalize without the E at the end. Feel free to reach out to us if you need any further help. Thanks for joining us.